0: welcome to another episode of Seen a Nerd, proudly brought to you by GWW Radio. I'm your host, Matt, today, and we got some friends that you probably know and love. I'm sure you do. The first one is Miss Sarah Belmont. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Hashtag poor Matt for the entire episode.
0: As you know, I still don't understand why, but I guess You're, we'll find out.
1: It's not about you understanding, because they know, and I know, and that's all that matters.
0: Wow. And
1: you know who doesn't know?
0: Who doesn't yeah. know? Carrie. That oh. was really creepy, but <laughs> yeah, um, totally not a ghost, and that's uh, Carrie Gillette. She joins the program. What's up, friend?
2: Hi, everybody. Hi, Matt. Hi, Sarah.
1: How are you? I'm good, Carrie. How are you? Great. Great.
0: Damn, I'm this geek. is like, this is so much tension. I don't know why you guys are saying it like that.
2: <laughs> Hashtag format. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see what we get ourselves into so today we're going to talk about Mr. Robot so if you uh, haven't seen Mr. Robot season 2 episode 4 I don't know why you clicked on this but uh, we're gonna get right into it it's gonna it's called in it one and in it great if you know in it great <laughs> get it in yeah. it great that it started off with an awesome flashback We got a lot of information from the opening sequence. We're talking about how F Society was kind of, like, formed or, like, in the...
2: We got a chance to kind of see, I don't know, remember a couple episodes ago, I was complaining that I wanted to see Darlene and Elliot as siblings.
0: Yeah, Like, pre-F Society kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, I got... Yeah, yeah, we we saw that. We saw them bond. We saw Elliot recognize her, actually, which is kind of interesting. I don't know about you guys, but I thought... (laughs)
1: The, Wait. The, what? No, no. I just what? Okay, because you just said like you're talking about last season and how she he forgot her. So how long did you think that he had forgotten her for?
0: I, I don't know. Forever. That.
1: I'm just curious. It's funny. I don't this know. Is, this is I'm
0: sorry. Inter-
2: this is an interesting question. I'm gonna say I don't know. But that is an interesting question, but we don't know. Yes. That's something we should give thought to.
0: Probably let's, not let's, now. I was going to say, let's, let's do that but, right now in silence.
2: Yeah, let's all think in silence.
0: Yeah, so we had this awesome flashback that kind of answered some questions about where F-Society came from, how the idea of taking down E-Corp came to be, and just a uh, typical, not typical actually, atypical Elliot and Darlene kind of like bonding over a movie and, you know, stuff like that. So um, I just want to get you guys thoughts on like just in general, like, did you knew like right away that it was a flashback or were you thinking like, hmm, is that the same knock from the end of season one? Uh, Sarah, we'll start with you.
1: Initially, I saw some Twitter headlines and I guess they re- released the clip of Darlene coming to visit Elliot er- early because a lot of the headlines were about... Oh my God, in the preview for the next episode, you're going to get spoiled about who was knocking at the door. So, the first knock, I was like, oh, we're finally going to (coughs) see it. But then, the way the scene progressed, like, you guys know how much I'm I'm obsessed about this show. Mm -hmm. I noticed little clues that clearly it was not the same event. Like, the not the first of all, Elliot's hood was down, and in that last episode, in that last scene of the final episode, his he- his hood was up. So that was hint number one. He was also looking at the computers. He wasn't writing on the CDs, which brings me to my first question. What was he doing with his CDs? Because we also know from the first season that that's his like graveyard. He just deleted someone potentially. So I'm curious about to see if we're going to see even some other flashbacks leading up to that night. So... So, but I was really happy about it because it reminded me so much of episode seven last year and how they um, snuck in that flashback to him meeting Shayla for the first time. So I really thought it was clever with what they did this episode.
0: Yeah, um, Carrie, did you have? Did you also think it was a flashback, Amelia? or? Um, huh? I
2: did. Yeah, I think it was just because of. Um, I noticed he was in his apartment. I don't know if that makes any sense. I love that we saw kind of like him open the door and Darlene had the, the, are we calling it the F society mask?
0: The bourgeoisie mask, I guess, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I loved that she was wearing it. And she said something like, uh, Oh, I got this for 99 cents in Chinatown. So it was kind of cool to see like the origin or origin of the mask. And my actual favorite part of this scene was when Elliot put on the mask and he put on the jacket and you could tell like his whole, demeanor change like Mm -hmm. his stance his it it, you couldn't see his face but it was all in his body you could see him literally change
0: yeah i think the the kind of like i felt like he really put on this like persona when he started crossing his arms and he leaned against something i was like oh that's very mr robot of him oh this is him putting on that persona i think what was kind of lost too in that scene was that well maybe not lost but uh, his eyes were so expressive even though it's behind the mask. Like they were just gigantic and it's like he you can kind of see him putting the pieces together of exactly how he wanted to or how he could take down uh, Evil Corpse. So I thought that was a, a really neat scene. Um, Sarah, do you, do you find like there was other kind of significant reason why they had him put on like the jacket and the mask?
1: I don't know if it's significant reason or... I I just, the way I interpret it um, between the movie, between him dressing up like his father, it kind of felt like they were talking about legacy in the film, or sorry, in the scene and how <clears throat> he this idea and what Darlene and him did, because it's not just Elliot's legacy, it's this family's <clears throat> legacy, which there's even a nod to that because I think it's Darlene who blames the movie for all of their psychological trauma um, that both of them share.
2: Like, you know how this whole, I mean, part of Mr. Robot, like he's always talking about like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn and like all these apps that you use on your phone. And you see Darlene put her, um, her cell phone up to where the movie was playing and she's like, she said something like, "I don't usually do this, but I'm gonna Instagram it" or something like that, and I thought that was like kind of a cool nod to how they're always talking about tech, like the the apps and technology and stuff like
0: that. Right, because this is all before Elliot thought of this big plan to take down Corp and for what reasons and stuff. And yeah, it, it's kind of um, it's almost like the flip side of when um, I think they just they cut off the uh, this the stock market bulls balls and then they brought it back and they wanted to take a selfie with it. And then Darlene comes out and is like, give me your phone. And she like broke it. And I was just like, Oh, this is like really before, um, that whole, you know, Elliot's idea and stuff like that. Any other like lingering thoughts and what you're impressed by in the opening sequence? Anybody? I kind of,
2: I kind of wish we could do like a whole episode of a, of a flashback to them before. To before F society started, I don't know that'd be like kind of neat. I was, I just really liked the flashback. I, I don't know. You get to see a different side.
0: It's definitely like information packed too. Um, so there was a lot to digest right before, You know, title card hasn't even come up yet. And talk about that title card. You know, <laughs> we we talk on our. Uh, did
2: anyone did anyone jump like literally kind of? I
0: I I did. I had the TV blasted because it's they really. I feel like they record dialogue really quietly. They almost did it on purpose to draw you in, and then just the giant red letters with the with the big boom. I was like, oh, my God, I'm watching Preacher or something? Like, holy shit, crazy. <laughs> no, it's crazy.
1: No, it's the pausing. There's always a pause, and they hold whatever. They're going to flash the opening credit over or the title card over for a long period of time where it grows that tension because, like, we've all seen horror movies. We understand how that works. You're staring at something, and then, like, there's a jump cut. But Sam Mail is just like, no, we're going to do that with our title sequences. And I love the music in that opening sequence Mm -hmm. because there was something so haunting about it and mischievous. And it felt, I keep saying this about in terms of the music and the show, there is such this grounded 80s vibe to it that I really like because... This is set in current day, but there's something so nostalgic about it. And I know that the characters themselves are very 90s stylized because of their views on society and culture. But then you also have this, like, through the music and the sound of the, the show itself, there's that 80s influence about dreams and hope and this hero's journey. It's very fantastical through um, the score. so And I I couldn't help but notice that, especially during that opening sequence. And the final thing I want to mention is that not only are we learning about F Society formation, but there is a very pivotal moment in that um, scene where we finally find out why Elliot was sent to Krista. And we were given the whole story about it. And so... Again, you're given information about Elliot and his history and his psychological history, but it just leads us to more questions. Because I still don't know if that's the first time Mr. Robot has ever taken over and Elliot has um, gone into nothingness or just into the darkness, so to speak. Um, where he loses track of time. I don't know if that's the first time or if it's the first time something really bad happened as a result of it. So it's really interesting how well Sam S. Mill allowed, or writes the story in a way that we're given information, but at the same time wanting to know more and still questioning if we're given the full story.
2: Now, Sarah, I was kind of confused. Um, when he's talking about, how he got ordered to go to therapy where at the timeline is that exactly
1: it's right before season one okay yeah yeah
2: so it was at like a different company all right i was yeah. really confused along like along the lines of where that was like how far before season one do you think that was like maybe like a couple months or something
1: at like, least six months at least okay. yeah yeah
0: because when we meet him, it's um, it's not like his first day at all safe or something like that. He's been now, there for a while.
1: For yeah, a we time. we meet him like right in the middle of something, and that's what m- makes um season one so intriguing. Because you don't feel like you're starting from point zero, you feel like you're you've just walked into a story rather than this is a beginning. Here's Elliot. Here's Angela. It's not that classic narrative. It's much more of a unconstructive narrative.
0: Kind of like jarring to get in. I think that's what caused a lot of people to, you know, maybe be hesitant in finishing the first season. I know I talked to a lot of friends and they're saying, I don't know, I don't really get into it. And I'm like, just you know, trust in the narrative and just stick with it at least a couple more episodes. So yeah, yeah. That I don't know. If you've got friends that are similar like that, then just you know. Let him know that, too, because I'm sure you've told him to keep watching because you're such a fan of the show. Um, so moving along with the episode, uh, we see Darlene actually visit Elliot at his mom's place. She doesn't even interact with her at all. She just says, you know, I don't even know why you're here. It doesn't matter. Right. Whatever's working for you. And she is not, uh, at the beginning of the episode, she's not quick to push Elliot into anything that... Would make him uncomfortable or somehow trigger him or something like that which is pretty interesting like later on where she's like i really need your help do what mm-hmm. you gotta do because like shit's popping off so a really quick one to ask though we've been kind of thinking about like the you know if he's like in a psych ward or like some type of a hospital setting there's some type of like theory that it's all in his head do you think this scene kind of still kind of stays aligned with that hospital theory i want to get your thoughts on that absolutely uh, Sarah, yeah
1: I really do. It felt so random and out of place. Like, I just can't help but think that theory at this point in the show. I mean, I know we had um, Akira on last week, and she she's totally against the theory. But I just, I feel like the way the writing is right now, it's leading us in that direction. But it may be a bait and switch. Because I also read something um, where I think... I don't know how to pronounce her name, but Carly, who plays Darlene, was saying that nobody can predict what's going to happen at the end of season two. So.
0: Damn. Yeah. It turns out they're in the Matrix. Boom. Called it. Boom. <laughs> yeah, okay. I kind
2: of, I don't know. I kind of feel that I, I do, I'm getting more behind this mental hospital theory, um, especially – With the fact that we haven't seen the mother yet, have we?
0: No, we've seen her. We've we've seen like a profile. We've seen like the back of her head, but I don't remember a scene where they she's like staring right at him. I
1: mean, we we
2: have the house. The house seems empty, incredibly empty. Yeah. Um, and then of course you know there's my whole thing with that giant red telephone. Um, and there was also something that had been bugging me for the past. I watched this episode twice and it's bugging me because I feel like each of these characters represents something, but I can't put it together in my head. So I feel like something is up, whether it's in regards to Elliot being in a mental hospital or can something completely different. Like, we don't know. He could be like, like, um, just kind of catatonic. I'm not even saying that right. Catatonic? Like, you know, like-
0: catatonic?
2: There we go. That word. He could just be kind of, like, zone, I'll say zoned out. He could just be zoned out and someone's, like, living room, just, like, you know, in shock. Like, we don't know. This could all be happening in his head, you know. So many theories, but, yeah. I
0: think, like, what was interesting to take from that whole, their, their, just the beginning of their conversation was that she, like, Darlene says, I don't know, where, like, why you're here, but that's fine. That's great. And also, she speaks everybody whenever they visit Elliot's always speaks of speaks of like the place that they're sitting at like the table and whatever the setting they're in very vaguely and it's not like they're not using the words I don't know why you checked in here I don't know why Mm -hmm. right you know it doesn't seem
2: like such a personal conversation it's kind of yeah
0: like everything it it really they they could be sitting in a park you know for, for goodness sake they could be outside and like they're describing the room the same way so it's that's that's why I think it's still kind of holding up right now. But um, Sarah, you're mentioning that we've we've seen the mother before. Do you want to um, you want to drop that knowledge on us?
1: No, I just remember at least I think it was the first episode of the season where there's a scene where she <gasps> peeks her
2: head. Door. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh look, so. we just said something at the same time.
1: No, we didn't.
0: You guys had a real moment there. It was fake. <laughs> okay
2: damn <laughs> now i remember what you're talking about sarah
0: i'll have to go back because i super do not but um she
2: opened the yeah. door to his room and said something to him
0: oh yeah it's time to go to bed you're and right he goes bed. damn very yeah. nice well done you keep your eyes on those details for sure you're welcome now as for the actual conversation that they had it's it's uh it was interesting that elliot was almost like psychoanalyzing her he's like that's just how she is that's how she works she's mm-hmm. trying to ask me to do something but is not being upfront and um i thought it was interesting how he was like kind of like judging her on the spot and then towards the end of the episode he was really concerned for her safety because of what she needed to tell him although she couldn't tell him at the time
1: their conversation especially when you were describing it as she wants to tell him information and he's figuring that out through his voice over and then at the by the end of the episode through multiple events she finally does own up to everything that's been going on now that he's out of the picture in terms of F society and how he, she needs his help or else they're all screwed but it kind of mirrors elliot's whole dilemma this episode because he for me at least Was considering telling her about Mr. Robot and trying to own like this mental instability in his life and this struggle that he's going on and it's really hard to explain because nobody else sees Mr. Robot but him. And nobody wants to feel insane or isolated and alone. So he he was trying to reach out in that moment, but he kind of flipped it to where he was avoiding that subject by focusing on her and what's going on with her and what she's holding back in that moment. And so at the end of the episode and then throughout the episode, he's also struggling with the idea of owning up to the hack which also goes into at the end her coming forward with everything because people are finding out who was behind the behind the hack and the dark armies involved and all that stuff, but still, it's interesting how both of their arcs mirror one another to an extent, and that really helps, but that's what Sam S. Mill is really good about. I mean he's always good about tying the threads and the themes together in a way. That doesn't hit you head with them, but makes sense and doesn't make you feel like they could have cut certain parts out. But now I'm just rambling.
0: Or like no. um, you could like be missing out on certain details. Like mm-hmm. everything's kind of laid out for what it is and it's up to the audience to, to interpret it, which is, you know, good television, right? Right. Carrie, so, uh, you're going to say something?
2: I was just going to compliment Sarah.
0: You, know, you, can, you can definitely give her a compliment. Gold star. That was very good, Sarah. So, <laughs> Thank you. So moving along with the episode, we also, we haven't seen Krista in a while. It was actually kind of neat to, to see her because I was like, oh, is she off the show? But Elliot is sitting in with a session with, uh, with, with Krista, and he explains that identity is something that we create. And sorry if it's a little personal, but do you feel like you agree with Elliot? Are we more inclined to, like, heighten certain things and hide our flaws, or do you feel like our identity is shaped not through us, but with what's around us or something like that.
2: So I didn't write down the whole entire quote that he said, um, but he said, like he started off saying like, we destroy parts of ourselves every day. And I completely agree with everything he said that we, I think we take the things that happen around us and shape them to fit into our lives. And then sometimes they change and things like that. It's like ever, it's it's just a lifelong process of change. Like I agree with everything he said. It just made so much sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely it was same. really, it was so like, I wish I had written down the entire quote, but my hand chart, uh, it was just so incredibly like deep and like, I don't know. I like deep Elliot.
1: Well, I don't have the full quote either, but I do have, we create We create our identity, carve it, distill it. Krista's wrong. Annihilation is all we are. Yeah. Man, talk about pessimism. But it does make a strong point, and I can't help but think he's right, especially when while he's saying those words, you're showing us white rose, which epitomizes exactly what he's talking about. And I thought that was so clever to do and just really heightened everything he was talking about. And I'm starting to notice that, unlike with the first season, it kind of feels like they're trying to use the voiceover in terms of the images that are there um, to play into the images that they are showing on screen. I mean, a lot of the first season narrative it was really about capturing Elliot's voice and perspective. And since we have that foundation built for us in season two, they're able to open and apply it more to the other characters within this universe. So I really like that because it kind of, you feel the show growing with the seasons. Um, So I like that evolution um, between the first and second season, but, and, and yeah, Matt, to answer your question, I think to an extent he's right, but it also, I feel like towards the end of the episode, when you have the chess game between Mr. Robot and Elliot, and it keeps coming to a standoff, you can... Wear as many masks as you want. You can do as much Photoshop, plastic surgery, but at the end of the day, no matter where you are, you are always you. Mm, yeah. And you have to make peace with that, and that's the human struggle.
0: Yeah. Damn, mic drop. <laughs> you're like, uh, you're like Joey Badass over here, man.
2: Leon. <laughs> yeah. Leon
0: was... was
2: like the MVP of the episode.
0: He was a lovely on. Follow your dreams, man. If you don't like what you see, man, you fucking up. Your moms would be dead. That's pretty much what he said. <laughs>
1: Matt. Beautiful. What? Oh, I'm not Matt. Sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. I was just going to ask Matt, like, what he thought of Elliot's dream that we end up getting shown um, after that.
0: Oh. Man. I I got all mm-hmm. the warm tingly's for sure. I was like, oh, Elliot wants to be with Angela. <laughs> and not just, like, his friends, like, they almost embracing. I was like, oh, that's, oh, Elliot doesn't want to die alone. Very nice. He wants <laughs> all of the people Sorry. that he met to kind of, like, you know, connect with each other. And I think yeah. that's that's kind of what everyone wants to feel like if, you know, if you're, like, really social, at least. It's like you want, you know, you have certain groups of friends and, you know, you're friends with them for reasons. And you want them to meet each other because, you know, you like them all. So I thought that was that was fun. It was it was really cool, though. I made a note of this. I think this is the first time we saw Tyrell, like, in person, right? Yeah. This season. So. Yeah,
1: this season.
0: He's still thinking about him. And, and,
1: yeah. and you know who we also saw at that dinner table? Who
0: else did we see, Sarah? We
1: saw Cordy. We saw Cordy, the fish.
0: Oh, yeah, the little beta fish, right, the yeah. Fish. He,
1: he had a seat I at mean, the table. That was like... <laughs>
0: There must have been, like, a little edited part of him actually talking. You know what I'm saying?
2: Like, it was really emotional. Like, I don't know. It was so cute. It was a fish.
0: And then they saw, like, uh, the E-court building fall, and everyone started clapping. hmm It was, um... And I, it, it felt a little cheesy, but I think it was appropriate when he said, like, um, you know... These dreams are ones I'm I'm worth fighting for, or whatever like that. Like I'm I'm willing to fight for it or something like that. This is the world I want to live in. Right, right. And I was yeah. like, Oh, is he gonna put on like, you know, leather pants and put on a bow and and say that Angela's the shining light of his life or something like that? Because that'd be pretty funny. Hashtag error reference number one.
2: Hashtag I I didn't say it and Sarah didn't say it. You did. <laughs>
0: hashtag silence i think i'm gonna be dead in a second (laughs)
1: hashtag poor matt oh my god
2: oh hashtag get your head out of the table (laughs) that
1: is too many words for a hashtag
2: and we are off the rails already (laughs) all right let's bring it back
0: what did you guys think about that dream sequence i i it sounded like you guys agree that it was pretty warm and fuzzy and it was nice seeing that but what were some of the the images that really stuck with you about what ellie was dreaming about Uh, um sarah we'll start with you
1: when he went to make amends with that man, I I'm kind of mad at myself that I don't know the guy's name.
0: I but was thinking on you knowing that. I'm like, yeah, I know. That was
1: I know. I haven't watched some of the first season in a very long time, but um, I, I thought like, again, a lot of that dream se- sequence just made me relish in the idea that there's so many little tie-ins to, Episodes that have come before, you really feel like you're getting payoffs as a fan to pay attention to smaller details. Like, in comic book movies, they always have the Easter eggs and everything, and sometimes I don't get all of them. People have to explain them to me, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. But with Mr. Robot, I'm like, oh my god, that is so awesome, because this happened in the first episode of the first season, and blah, blah, blah. So, I just, I like that idea that this is an original TV show that is scripted and it's not based off of a franchise or anything that's come before. And yet you have this whole universe that's being built out with every episode and every season and characters. And it feels so, um, so real yet also um, fake at the same time. Yeah.
2: Well, as you know, I, I just like the, the idea with that sequence that everyone was happy like there was a lot of food to eat people were hanging everyone knew everyone the fish was there like I don't know it's like it was warm fuzzy and I even got excited when the building like collapsed you know it was just like there's this part in Elliot's head that you know there's this little piece in there that imagines that it makes me like kind of happy for him that he has that to hold on to because i mean imagine being at war with yourself like you know what i mean you're literally talking to yourself but there's like this little piece inside your brain that still has like this hope and this love and this like this is what i want for life i want say i want my quote quote you know quote unquote family i want you know a pretty thanksgiving you know my fish it goes equal you know what i mean i'm babbling
0: no no that totally makes sense and Another note, a thing to note too, is Mister Robot wasn't at the table, so it was a it was a scenario where Elliot conquers, um, you know, the ghosts of the past, and, you know, and and himself, and you know, he even invites the audience to be seated at the table because you
2: always want you want to root for the character, you always want to do that, and I think this season we're seeing kind of, you know, we saw the split in Elliot's mind last season, but this season we're seeing this incredibly this battle basically. And it's just nice to know that there's still a little bit of hope that he has and it's good.
0: And he's um he's taking initiative, I feel like, after that. You know, he kinda puts everything in perspective, like this is what I want to achieve and I'm I'm gonna do everything in my power to make it happen. So that's kinda neat.
1: So it's also funny because the the words that you guys keep using are hope and the warm and fuzzy. So it's really lighthearted and it makes you feel like at the end of the series, there is a possibility that Elliot and Darlene will find their own happy endings and everything. In the same episode, to contrast that, there's a lot of information that is also given to us about the villains in this show. I mean, let's talk about the freaking Dark Army. I'm so confused. And are they in cahoots with Philip Price? Because that phone conversation between White Rose and Philip Price just blew my freaking mind. I loved it. I'm in the
2: confusion (laughs) boat also, and Like, I have this feeling that something huge is about to happen, and I feel like we need to go back and watch, like, every, the last four episodes, like, really, really, like, four times each, because there's something happening, it's under our noses, but we have no idea what it is.
1: But I don't think that you're going to find the answers in the most recent four. Like, I really don't.
2: I'm not saying the whole puzzle, you know, is going to be there, but, like, there may be little pieces of things that we're completely missing
1: the one okay i picked up a few things in in the f- phone conversation that they had and i'm just going to put it out there and then we can talk yeah. about them a little bit but first of all white rose made it very clear that that power plant cannot shut down and wow. at first i was confused and then philip had that or angela had that conversation about a power plant that she needed to make sure didn't get shut down and she would be doing Philip's bidding by doing that. So there is some connection. I still don't know why. And correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Mr. or didn't Elliot's father work at a power plant and that's how he got sick? Is that correct? Mm
2: hmm. Okay. I believe so. That's, um, he got cancer. Well, I mean, he didn't
1: Leuka- can- leukemia. Yeah. Yeah, so there is a lot of – maybe they're going to have the same incident again happen where there there is a problem with one of the plants and they don't tell anybody about it and don't fix it, which leads to a lot of um, deaths or something. I don't know. But moving on, there also is – that that last line of the whole conversation between them. I didn't start this game. You did, said Philip to White Rose. Yeah. So we're sitting here thinking that really Philip Price is a big person behind everything. No, 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 no. It's White Rose, which she knows about Elliot. So how, like, like, I don't, Matt, please explain it to me.
0: Dude, I have no fucking idea, man. How about, here's
2: a theory. What if, like, White Rose isn't. Well, okay. So we're assuming right now that she, like, I'm going to word this in a weird way, but let's say, like, in villain wise, she's above Philip right now.
0: But oh, what she if there's.
2: Mm hmm. But what if there's someone else, like, above her in the villain ladder? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, I have a feeling she's not really running the show. I have a feeling someone else is.
0: See, I always thought of the I guess we're calling them villains. The villain empire as like yeah. kind of like a uh as a group and then they're all kind of working together to achieve a one common goal. Um, Legion
2: of Doom, yeah.
0: Legion of Doom, yeah. But man, like I, I guess if she's working for something I don't know, I I took that scene as it was a it was a a way to show the audience that White Rose is playing both sides of the equation like and somehow I was led to believe that she kind of uh like was forcing not forcing but she was using F society's plans against E Corp but even Philip Price knew that I guess so yeah. that's why I said I have no fucking idea what's going on see, with this
1: See and and that's the thing it's not so much is White Rose playing both sides because we saw that little tease of this Dynamic in the season finale last year, but at the same time, the phone conversation gave us so more, so much more information than we originally had because we we understand that he knows who he's talking to to a degree, and there is a game that he is aware that's being played, and they do have common um a common goal, but just because you have one shared goal doesn't mean you're sharing each other's entire plan. So there is potential that he may not know everything. So it's really interesting um, that to have that other point or that other perspective of, of Philip Price to really be um, fleshed out a little bit and just teased even that much more. So I, I really like that they did that and I like that she gets off the phone with him. And then we hear about the discovery of The FBI finding the F Society Arcade, which what does she say? She says we need to start looking ahead to phase two, which I don't know if phase two was about what she was just talking to Philip Price about or not. And I don't know where F Society fits in phase two, but and how many phases are there? I mean, are we talking in the MCU? I don't know
0: it's like a it's like a it's a 80 step program for world domination Damn. and it, that totally echoes what elliot was saying with that conversation with darlene where it's like we're we're playing with something that we don't even understand you know right I mean, right yeah
2: what i think i absolutely i mean i adored season one, but this season is amazing because you kind of have like two things going on at once you have elliot's struggle and then the other side you're seeing all this stuff about F society, about Philip, about our lovely friend Angela, White Rose, Philip. So it's like two things are going on at the exact same time.
1: I would and argue three. What's the I third? would
0: argue four. No, uh,
1: I would I would argue that you have um, you have Darlene and F Society story. You have Philip Price and Angela E Corp story, and then you have Ellian and Mister Robot story, and yes, Matt, you could argue for and say that the Wellicks are always on their own story.
0: They're on a completely <laughs> different TV show. I, I don't even <laughs> understand what's going on with those crazy folks. You know what I'm saying?
1: And yet,
2: I love them.
0: <laughs> and you know, like my
2: train of thought is gone. I'm guess, sorry. It is left the, the station.
0: Choo choo. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: all aboard (laughs)
0: sorry (laughs) which brings me to my next idea like you know we saw a lot of um joanna wellick this episode and i am totally i i stand by what by what i said like they're on a completely different tv show it feels like because like you know way out of left field she's like i I don't know how she her story kind of fits in with the story aside from she's paying off some guys so like I wanted to ask you guys, Sarah. We'll start with you. What do you think, her, um, specifically Joanna, not the Wellick family, but specifically Joanna? What is her significance in uh, the season two narrative so far? And do you think that maybe like she's involved, like she knows like where Tyrell is or something like that?
1: Well, she's very confident that he's going to come back, or at least that what that's what he t- she tells the um, the guy that she's trying to keep quiet which
0: right.
1: oh my god and also matt and did you pick up on this but again we hear about the um the allowances
0: yeah the 50 a day allowance
1: which i'm starting like who's doing the allowances is it ecorp because of what's yeah. going on okay it is okay now
2: i'm sorry isn't it like a severance thing
1: Well, well, yeah, she wants the severance package for um, Tyrell being fired from the company, but that's not the allowance that they were talking about.
0: The $50 allowance, I think, um, oh my god, um, oh my god, what's the hell's her name? I'm sorry, Uh, Akira. Yeah, Akira mentioned that last week where she said, it's like, you know, the banks were just broken. So, you know, they're they're trying to hoard all the cash that they can still. So they don't want to give away more money. They can't give away more money. Than they have so they have to give out allowances like how much you can pull each day
1: right which plays into on the phone with white rose or after the phone white rose says that philip is still thinking about the e-coin strategy so getting into a little electronic money too which okay but sticking to joanna wellick um did anybody pick up on the scene when she was trying to shut the guy out but the little tie-in to the season finale that there was, anybody, anybody? Because I, I
0: didn't understand the question you asked. Sorry. One.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, she's. So they're in the car. There is a tie-in to the season finale.
0: I did not catch it. What was it?
1: When they're driving away, there's that shot of the um the, the painting on the building that is the same. That is across the street from the same parking lot that Elliot woke up in Tyrell Wellick's car.
0: Oh yeah, I thought she was paying. Then she's paying off the parking lot guy because he's not the same guy that Elliot was talking to in the beginning when he woke yes. up in the car. Yes. Yeah. So yeah.
1: many times, I love it.
0: So amazing. I well, we also see it this season too, not just at that point. That's why I was confused.
1: I'm so confused by what you're talking about.
0: The that mural on the wall. We we've been seeing that every time. Like when Elliot goes back to the uh, car, you know, try to find some clues on where Tyrell is and what happened. Then we also see that mural.
1: Yeah, in the season finale.
0: Oh, I'm I must be running the season finale from you season one and the season premiere from season yeah. two. Yeah,
1: yeah, but but yeah, I love that and how it ties in. So, so
0: nice, good good ties, all the ties
1: even though they're still on a separate story, they're still tie-ins,
0: which is I always I mean, nice. really, like, the the main thing bringing, or bridging them together, like, or bridging Joanna Wellick's story with everyone else is that, you know, like, we can't see Tyrell because he's a big mystery, so... But we need to remind the audience of, of his existence. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we yeah. have to put in her, her wife and the baby and, you know, going down that rabbit hole with what she's all about, so... I, don't know, I just thought it was interesting that there was a, a big focus on, on her. So maybe that means, you know, maybe Tyrell's going to come back soon. Maybe the next episode or the one after that. So we'll have to see.
2: I'm I've I've been I don't know. I've just every time I watch the show, the, um, these episodes, I keep thinking, like, where is he dead? Is he alive? Is he dead? Is he alive? Is he hiding? Like, where is he? Is he in, you know, Bermuda? Is he in? Switzerland is he there is you know
0: it's like where is he he is in purgatory and he's on lost no i'm just kidding um yeah we don't know where list so hopefully is he comes he back in soon star
2: city like i don't
0: know <laughs> star city. he's well, only like, in dreams that's what it is
1: you know they they also did a clever or it was very smart how they tied it into the f society arcade because we see We see the FBI there, and they're going through the evidence, which essentially they don't have anything except for – and I don't own a gun, so what what do we call what they were holding up?
0: A casing? A A casing.
1: casing. A shell casing. They were holding up a shell casing, so Matt, you're going to edit that in, like I said.
0: No, that's okay. I think we we'll leave it just like that. Because <laughs> I, I, I think even shell casing is wrong. So I, I don't even know.
1: Hashtag poor man.
0: Hashtag editing.
1: Hashtag it, it's, it, it silence. It is, is shell casing. It's a shell casing. Sure so whatever
0: it is, it's there was definitely
1: events. a bullet at one some point, and we don't know what happened. I feel, happened
2: like, I feel so like this is the game of Clue. There was a bullet in the arcade. Colonel Mustard was there. <laughs>
1: No. And was I there was there one person in the park playing chess, or were there two people in the park playing chess? I see.
0: Day? I was hoping there was audience, like there were other people in the park to kind of react to Elliot talking to Mister Robot. Um, but there wasn't. It was just them sitting in the park, just having games, having stalemates left and right. I liked
2: how that scene started, where it was like an overhead, and you saw you saw the chessboard and you saw them playing. Like it kind of went that way instead of... Do you know what I'm trying to say? The way that it was shot? Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I kind of liked that. And then, you know, like, you could distinctly make out the different parts of the chessboard, the different pieces. It was pretty cool. I think visually...
0: Oh, sorry. What's up? No, go ahead. I was going to say, like, visually this episode stuck out with me the most. Yeah. I think it was because it started out in his room we haven't seen in a while. (laughs) And there was also that... Scene where Darlene is walking away from the subway and meets with um, her ex. That's part of Dark Army, and um, like visual and sound, kind of what you're saying before, uh, Sarah, where it's like um, you're kind of drawn in because it it's the scene started with the sound of the subway going by It's really loud and jarring, and then got really quiet, and then it's you can kind of feel um, Darlene's feelings where she was like uh, being uh, followed and stuff like that with that guy lining up a cigarette and stuff like that. And then it all kind of culminated where, you know, those people are walking out of the, I don't know, the little store or whatever with the F society masks on. And then the guy grabs her. So I think that that scene in particular, plus the chess scene was like really like visually appealing. Like it really stuck out so far this season.
1: I like their conversation when they're playing chess and how that was like a chess program was what how his dad taught him how to play the game how to code and I thought that was so clever and interesting and it just it's a good metaphor for their relationship because again they the whole monologue to open up the scene is like in chess you don't have help everything is predetermined so there's also a larger metaphor for life itself and how where we go in life is always predetermined by our choices that we made before and everything so I just I love that, and I totally agree with you guys and what you're talking about. And then if you go back of,
2: to like, yeah. if we go back to when um, we were having that conversation about Leon and everything, how he was saying, mm-hmm. Leon said that they used to use chess as a mean of self-importance, I think. And then it says, um, if there's no who, then what's? Wait a minute. If there's no who, then what's the what? And it's kind of like that chessboard represents Elliot because you have like, you know, the white and the black. Like, I mean, people, I'm not saying Elliot's like a totally good person, hundred percent, but he could be considered the white part of the chessboard. And Mr. Robert, Robert really?
0: Robot, Mr. Robert. Huh?
2: <laughs> Mr. Robert could be considered like the black part of the chessboard. Like kind of like not, I'm not completely saying totally hundred percent evil, but you have that like contrasting like good and bad, good and bad, good and bad.
1: Well, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because um, to go off of that point, Last week when we were talking with Akira, she talked about how there was that um, preseason Mr. Robot decoded thing. And they talked about hackers and how in the hacking world you have white hat hackers and black hat hackers. And the white hat ones are basically what Elliot was doing when he was talking about working at that other firm before Allsafe and testing their systems to see, um, to make until it's not hackable. And that's considered being a white hat hacker. Then on the flip side, you have the black hats who are basically like, what hacking into the FBI does? Those are considered the black hat hackers. So, which... goes into how this whole episode ends because that's what Elliot does. And so in season one, F society is pretty much in the gray or that's what they explain during this whole, um, Special about the show, yeah. Um, but you can see in this season their actions and their desperation to retain that control and that victory that they thought they had at the end of the season one through the fallout has really lead that leading them more into the black rather than into the white.
0: Well said. Yes, agreed.
2: I have. I find it like really interesting um, to go away from that real quick i wanted mm-hmm. to point out um when i first heard that craig robinson was being like cast on mr robot i was like what why how is that gonna work but he's actually turning out to be a really important character and it's kind of like i i don't know i've never seen him in a role like this and it's uh, it she's doing a great job and it makes me wonder is Ray connected to F society in a way like what, you know what I mean? Like Ray has to have some kind of connection to something
1: here. Here's my problem with Ray is that every time in this episode and specifically I saw him, he was acting much more like Elliot's therapist. And so I'm watching it thinking like, this would be a great opportunity for a Krista and Elliot scene. Why aren't we given more of those? Yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling really disappointed because I like their relationship better. Just,
2: let's like totally go off for a second. What if hypothetically speaking, we are in a mental institution, right? Like Krista wouldn't be there all the time. She'd have an, that. She'd be like Elliot's therapist that popped in every now and then. Like, he'd have, like, a a steady therapist at a mental hospital. So what if, you
1: know? No, no, no. I I know. And I, like, I understand why Ray was included, especially if that theory is is correct. Like, I can totally see that that's the character he's portraying under that context. At the same time, to me, as a viewer... For whatever reason, I really like the dynamic between. I prefer the dynamic between Krista and Elliot more than I do Ray and Elliot, because with Ray, there's other motivations going on. It's not as honest, and I really like that honesty that there is between with Elliot and Krista in their sessions. Do
0: you
1: think? Oh, so go ahead. Go ahead, Matt.
0: Okay, thanks. Uh, I was just gonna (laughs) jump in and say. I, I think that the honesty um, between Krista and Elliot was just completely like decimated when she found out that Elliot hacked her. I think there's always going to be something in the back of her head that's like, why would he invade my privacy like that? And especially after she spoke with, um, what's his face? Uh, the guy that he hacked and he took his dog and everything. Um, where in the back of her head, she's going to be like, you know, do I protect him or do I try to dig more information about him so I can put him away for what he did? I, I, I don't feel like either Ray or Krista are coming from a place of benevolence.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, do you, let me ask you guys what I just said. Do you think Ray's connected to something, or do you think he's just like a red herring?
0: Cherub? <laughs> I have no idea. He's still a question mark. I,
1: yeah, he's still a question mark. I think that the more they, the way they're using his character, is, if if you're gonna call him a red herring, then I think it's more like the idea. How do I answer this question? So going in the season, I always thought he was gonna play into the Vera type and be this character who just causes more chaos for Elliot and escalates a lot of situations and kind of diverts the plot a little bit uh, because you always need that like middle arc to um, bridge together the first and the um, last arcs. But and I thought that's how his character was gonna be used at the same time with the whole conspiracy theory going on. I really think that maybe he is being like for a twofold sort of deal where you're getting more than one figures for the price of one. I don't know what I'm saying. This is No, (laughs) you're going
2: good. I I I really I'm enjoying this.
1: Yeah. I I have
2: so many questions about Ray.
1: Yeah, but no, I don't think he's connected to F Society. I don't think okay. he's connected to Evil Corp, um, but he is. Um, he is doing something that's going to play in later on in the season for sure.
0: See, what, what about you, Matt? Do you think Ray's
2: connected to
0: anybody? What makes me believe that I th- I think he is is well, I watched the little teaser for the next episode. You know, while the end credits are rolling and. One of the things that Ray said in this episode was, you know, stay in your lane. Whatever you see on there, like, you didn't see it. Um, Whatever information you find, forget it. Just go in there, fix the problem, and get out. Um, It seems to me, this is how I interpret it. I don't know if you guys saw the teaser for the next episode. But that Elliot either saw, like, a name or, like, a file or something that he can't, like, unsee. Like, he -hmm. knows now some information that ray has you know access to as well and now he doesn't really know what to do with it so i think there might be some kind of connection with who i don't know it could be even with like the dark army or something like that well
1: i mean I, i i know what you're talking about i didn't watch the teaser but i feel like they just used his warning to elliot um at the end of this episode played over top of possibly new footage that could be. But th- that's besides the point. We also have at the end of the episode, when Ray does leave after giving that warning to Elliot, Elliot hacks the FBI through his computer. So the FBI potentially could trace back what Elliot was doing to Ray. Do and you- that could get Ray in trouble.
0: You are looking at my notes, aren't you? Because that is exactly what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> we just shared a moment, Matt. We just had a moment, and it Did was guys, real. It wasn't that was, fake.
2: <laughs> that was a real moment. So
0: about. I was going to ask you I guys. To,
2: just to say one more time, yes. shout out to Craig Robinson, even though he's definitely not going to hear this.
0: We well, never know. What's up, dude?
2: I mean, he's doing an amazing job because I've never, I don't know, I've never seen him in this aspect of acting. And it's like, it's good. I like it. It's definitely
0: different, and um, I think we're all appreciative of, his, of, of uh, his performance so far. But, yeah, getting back to what Sarah was saying, yeah, he's using um, Ray's terminal to hack in the FBI. So my question to you guys is, if Elliot gets traced, or if, if the computer is using gets traced, how do you think that affects the rest of the season? How do you think that's going to affect his relationship with Ray? Because it's turned into like a partnership, and there's almost some... Type of uh, kinship between the two, because they both kind of bonded over, um, chess
1: voices
0: and bonded over the voices, right? You know, it's like, do we, does does Elliot, you know, respond to the voices and embrace it or what? So, Sarah, what we'll start with you. I just
1: I keep thinking about the season two trailer and how there's that scene where Elliot is his face is all cut up as if somebody just beat him up and um, the like a Black Mask is ripped off his head as if he was like kidnapped and then you have yeah. Ray circling him. So it's going whatever is going on is going to get into a very violent altercation between him and him and Ray and I think potentially what what they're going to do is that they are going to have the FBI trace it back to Ray. Ray's going to get really upset um because Elliot did this and it's not so much that he used the terminal, but whatever Ray was hiding, now the FBI knows about it. And like it's yeah.
0: his uh online business is his entire life, right? That's right. Said. Right. So saying what's important to you is usually an indication that shit's gonna pop off on you, so
1: pretty much.
0: Yeah. Carrie, would you like to chime in on Ray getting hit by the feds? Possibly?
2: Um No, because I don't wanna I actually, I'm so confused at this point by the ending that I, I don't want to guess anything because I'm really confused.
0: He's I want to say one more FBI. point. Yeah, Sarah, what's
1: up? <laughs> I want to say one more point though because I um, even though I, I know I started really negative towards Ray and everything but I, I prefer Krista. I like Krista. I want more Krista.
0: Krista's cool. I wish there was more she of is. her too.
1: She is.
2: We, we definitely I- should talk about our favorite person Angela like I'm being sarcastic.
1: She played. She was kind of interesting
2: this episode. Cricket. No.
1: No one. she was.
0: No? She was. She was. Yeah, I was actually going to bring her up right after this because we almost forgot about her scene. Well, oh,
2: Matt, we almost had a moment there.
0: We uh, so close. Just barely, just missed each other. Sorry.
2: So yeah, Angela, who still is listening to her self-help tapes, which I may be interested in ordering soon, and um. She gets kind of like this uh, what's the correct word to use very confident and you know she has that interact interaction with um, price right? In, the, right in the garage. and she says you know I want this I want this I know this I know this and then he kind of just shuts her down and she's kind of you see like her whole like the whole charade just like falls from her and she's like kind of all insecure and broken again. It was such a good scene.
0: It's like um, she's like building up her own ego, but it's still very fragile. almost.
2: Yeah. I mean, you see her try to be like I had, you know, like she's trying to be like. um,
0: Like threatening almost. Threatening, yeah.
2: Threatening, bossy. You know, I want this job. I want this. And then he like shuts her down and tell her like, you know, dreams are wonderful things to have and things like that. And you kind of like see everything just like fall from her. And she's like, oh, man, I got nothing now.
0: There's definitely, like, a false bravado that's coming from her. I think it could also be, like, how she's back on board with, um, like, taking down Evil Corp because she met with, you know, the uh, lawyer lady that's yeah, doing the class action suit. Yeah, I always forget
2: her name, that lawyer. I,
0: I don't know.
2: I don't even know if she did. Maybe she doesn't have a name.
0: I'm, I'm sure she does. But, um, yeah, like... I. I feel like Angela's character this season is definitely like on a different TV show too. Cause I, I don't know, like, I don't know what to make from where her character is going. I don't know where she plays into it. It seems like they're trying to make her play into it by being like, uh, like a bargaining chip for some reason with Price, but yeah. he was kind of like, he shot it down. So yeah, Sarah, did you want to chime in on how Angela's kind of panning out this season?
1: Uh, I- She's good. She's confident. Um, But it's funny that you're talking about how she's being used as a bargaining chip. And then we also have that. Okay, so there's two interactions in my mind with Angela in this episode. There's what Philip and White Rose are talking about. And they keep referring to her, who I can only assume is Angela, in reference, but they never really name names. But White White Rose is criticizing Philip because he's putting so much faith into her. So at the end of the episode, when she brings up this whole plant and his whole plan, it's kind of odd. And for a moment there as a viewer, I kind of felt like we were in her shoes where we're like, oh, I understand what's going on here. And then he just knows how to play this game. And he totally twists this and is like, no, 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 you've made this entire thing up. And it makes you doubt what you think, which is what the show does constantly. Um, But I don't think she was wrong in her beliefs. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see if she lets it go or if she holds her ground on that um, for uh, the rest of the season. Because... I do feel like she is an important piece to whatever game he and White Rose is playing. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens considering how he leaves that conversation as if the whole thing is just an idea, a fantasy or a dream she has, which is kind of weird. would would you dream that you're being used? I don't know.
0: I don't, I don't know either. She just wants know. somebody to believe in her. Maybe that's what yeah. it is.
1: Right, and I I was just thinking about this. Um, what I was gonna say before about the whole Krista Ray thing is that um, I think I really like the Krista Elliot dynamic more because it reminds me that it's that mother son relationship that's always been missing from the show, right, and we still right. haven't seen Elliot really like. They had one small interaction. Um, but not really have a full conversation. So there's a lot of mystery about that relationship at the same time, for whatever reason. And I think it goes back to the previous episode and how that ends with Ray and Elliot talking about chess. And when Elliot, when Ray goes to get the board, there's Mr. Robot standing behind him. So for me, a lot of the relationship and dynamic between Ray and Elliot mirrors, um, the relationship between Elliot and his father.
2: Damn.
0: Mike dropped. You've dropped the mic why so many times. There's up, a Matt? dent in why, it.
2: Why did we show up?
0: I don't even know. I should have just been like, Sarah, go ahead and talk about Mr. Robot. I'll just hit record. We're
2: going to play Pokemon. Yep.
0: <laughs> While I'm here. Yeah, exactly, man. Well, as you can hear guys, it was a very intense, a very impactful episode. I believe of Mr. Robot.
2: We're so confused. Of, Yes.
0: Still, yes. A lot of information was given, but still a lot of mysteries popped up, too. They're like a hydra. You cut off one head, you solve one mystery, two more sprout out. So I think that's going to do it for our talk today. unless you guys wanted to talk about anything else that happened in the episode that really stuck out with you? No, Throw no. It up to the floor. Well, Here. I
2: mean, the very last important thing, he's hacking now.
0: He's hacking the FBI.
2: The hack has happened. The hack has begun. I wish there was like a more elegant way I could have thought of putting that.
0: The only thing though is I wish they kind of drummed up that this is the first time he's touching like a computer in a long time. It feels like,
2: <laughs> yeah, like you know? that dramatic like you know wrist crack thing and the knuckles and the maybe like, not that that's, oh like, which
0: you that's know very, like I don't you know. know
2: like shake like every time like I every time before we start a podcast like I stretch out my neck like I'm actually doing something like I make it very dramatic like.
0: Yeah, that's a very I... like felicity thing to do. I don't know. Sorry, sorry. I keep like cutting you off. Where you going? No, say no,
1: it? no. You're fine. I was just gonna say like I can't believe we have not quoted like the line of the show this week, but it was definitely when Mister Robot's like, if you want to unburden yourself, go jerk
0: off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And he said it so, like, quickly that I'm like, wait, what? Hold on. What What, is, what did Christian Slater just say? Excuse me? Pardon? <laughs> that was pretty funny. Good, yeah. good catch, Sarah. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. A masturbation reference never goes over you, does yeah, it? Yeah. It, it, it
1: kind of always sticks out. <laughs>
0: sticks out? Really? That's disgusting. Oh, okay, my God. Guys. So that's gonna, on that note, that's going to do it for our scene and nerd this week, talking about Mr. Robot. Thanks for listening um we'll go around uh the table the digital table sarah when you you want to let them know where they can find you on the internet
2: no really no <laughs> sarah, get your head out of the table and tell them where they can find
1: you you can find me on twitter and tumblr at sjbelmont t.
0: you can uh, check out her reviews of uh each individual mr robot episode and many other shows that sarah likes to enjoy um thegww.com and uh, Carrie you want to let them know where they can find you on the internet as well uh
2: care bear crew and please feel free to uh, tweet me your theories and thoughts because it's fun
0: help us demystify this crazy show and that's care bear crew with k's yes <laughs> okay, we said that it's not k
2: e r r b e a r k r u
0: that is right great Yay! Nice. And then I've been your host. You can find me at I'm Salzy. I'm S A L Z Y on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Tumblr. Coffee meets bagel, ladies. No, I'm just kidding.
2: Tweet Matt your
1: um your hashtag poor Matt. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Tweet me hashtag poor 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 Matt. Why not?
2: He's been doing a lot lately.
1: Send Um, him your Pokemon.
0: Yes. Send me all your Pokemon (laughs) Go pictures because I am undoubtedly a fan. You can follow us at S-C-E-N-E, letter N, N N-E-R-D. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, Be sure to check out um, those sites for when we post new episodes (laughs) because we got some other shows that we cover like Preacher, Unreal, We talk about Arrow, Arrow, of course, The Flash. We got them all archived, guys. So if you're just catching up on Arrow now or The Flash, like I know some of you listeners are because you're my friends. Thank you very much. Check out some of our older episodes so we can be in your conversation and stop bothering on Twitter. (laughs) For inside jokes, yeah. And, yeah, if you have any comments, be sure to leave them. You can also go to thegww.com. To read about all our geeky opinions on what comics, this? games, TV and film. You should have rate. <laughs> subscribe and comment on both iTunes and SoundCloud. And Be out with that. We are out, guys. Have Be a out. good night.
1: You're welcome.